you know what, I'm really mad and I'm about to explode or I need to talk to this person, but actually I want to put my head under the pillow instead. What should we do in that moment? Is as soon as a staff member crosses a cultural values, how we roll around here line, it's kind of like, we don't want that to keep going. We want to have... I want you to meet John. He's a longtime friend of mine. Not only did his wife work with me as a stylist and a salon trainer, but he's also our newest coach here at Salon Owners Collective. I'm super excited to have him back on the podcast. You may recognize his voice because he's been here a few times already. And today we are discussing whether or not your team actually trusts you as a leader. And so this episode of the Salon Owners Collective podcast is brought to you by the Salon Mastery Boardroom. Now, when you're the smartest person in the room, you need a new room, a boardroom. The boardroom is designed for salon owners at a million dollar plus salons who are looking for an actionable roadmap to take their salons to the next level. Each week you have closed doors conversations where we share easy to implement strategies for an extended salon mastery roadmap. Regular workshops geared specifically to the problems and challenges of the million dollar plus salon. You also have a direct line of support from Joel. He's your coach and to me. All you need to do is click apply now in the show notes of this episode. And if you're ready to step into a bigger room, let's chat. Hey, Joel. Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you back. So good to be here. So for those of you who don't remember Joel, Joel has been on the podcast a couple of times now, but this time it's a little bit extra special. Um, Joel is a, well, let's start right at the beginning, shall we, Joel? Um, you have had several types of businesses, all focused around leadership management um, and really leading people. I'll let you speak to that a little more in just a moment. Um, and then more recently, you have been a coach in the salon industry for several years now. Mm. Um, but most exciting and most recent is that Joel is now the boardroom coach here at Salon Mastery at Salon Owners Collective. And so Joel, Joel has very recently joined us. And I'm super excited to have you leading our million dollar plus businesses to grow and scale with purpose um so welcome welcome to the team and welcome back to the podcast now did yeah. I get all that right what have I missed maybe you can yeah, fill no, in no. some gaps that's that's pretty pretty solid I spent 10 years in Italy I had a team of 25 I got it all wrong didn't know what I was doing uh <laughs> learned through the school of hard knocks started to, to develop my leadership philosophy I came back to New Zealand started a health facility we had 12 staff did that for 10 years and then I started to get into coaching. It kind of overlapped, speaking on stage, uh, met Janine, met you, and 12 years ago had my first sort of, I guess, client, if you like, in the salon and beauty industry. And ever since then, I haven't really looked back in terms of coaching and supporting and helping salon and spa owners to experience success, whatever that looks like to them, depending on their stage. And so now to be in boardroom is um, it's really meaningful to me, and I love it, really love it. Um, and uh, we absolutely love having you part of the process um, and bringing your expertise, which is one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the podcast today, uh, because there's a bit of a reoccurring uh, 
challenge that owners experience in business, and I really want to tackle it. And maybe I'll just share something that I often engage in conversations with, with owners, and then I really know and trust that you're the expert on this. Um, and that is that often as a business owner, we can feel like our team members let us down. Mm. And um, sometimes some team members let us down on multiple occasions. And after a series of letdowns and challenges and conversations that maybe haven't been had, a little bit of resentment builds up until we're ready to explode. And when yes. we're ready to explode, <laughs> we can feel like, I'm just going to write out a big fat list of all of the problems and all the things that you, my DS team member, have done wrong and let's tackle it. Yes. Um, and I think that maybe we can do that process a little better um, and not get to bubble over point. So mm. I really want to talk about that today because I know that you have a really clear process for that um, for the team, but also as the leader. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting situation. Like in business, often we're really busy and we're trying to juggle lots of balls and sometimes communication can have a breakdown. It happens in, in all areas of life. And when someone does something and it's not quite per the culture or the expectations that you have and time passes, as you said, resentment can absolutely build up and then it can cause us as owners and leaders to behave in ways that we think is going to be useful to your example like write down three or four pages of challenges or things that the person's done wrong but actually there's another way and there's multiple ways because at the end of the day what we want is probably something quite different than telling someone else what they've done wrong I would imagine anyway yeah, I think actually most of the time uh, as a business owner, we probably just avoid having the conversation and not dealing with it at all and just let the resentment continue into one day we're just like, I need to fire this person. And my challenge is that I see that as owners, we can easily look at the other person and see the fault in the other person rather than looking at, okay, what am I doing to contribute to how we even got here in the first place? Yeah, yeah, so good. And this is something that I learned uh, a wee while ago. It comes from the field of NLP, and it's pretty useful uh, in terms of communication and running a team. And it's a presupposition, and it's everyone always has a positive intent. So sometimes it's hard to get our head around that. But however the staff member has been communicating or behaving, we've got to understand there's a positive intent behind that, even though a lot of the time, all we're seeing is the negative impact. So what that means is we need to get into communication. We need to get into communication. We need to clarify. We need to elevate awareness so that that person is aware of the impact of their behavior. Because we operate from intent, right? That's why we do what we do. This is my intention. We're not thinking about the impact on others. This is very, very important when it comes to, you know, building trust, developing a culture where people feel comfortable and safe and seen and heard. Hmm. 
Okay, I, I totally get that and that the intent is positive and we need to get into positive conversations opposed to reactional conversations or uh, now highly emotive conversations of frustration. Um, so what about if we can recognize, do you know what, I'm actually feeling really frustrated with this person. I feel a bit of resentment. They've done five things in the last two weeks that really just uh, annoy me or they've done the wrong process or they just mm. did five redos and I'm really frustrated with that. What's the first thing we should do in that moment when we recognize, do you know what, I'm really mad and I'm about to explode or I need to talk to this person, but actually I want to put my head under the pillow instead. What should we do in that moment? What's the first thing? Yeah, it's such a great question, Larissa. And what I have seen over the last 20 years working with leaders and owners is that because we've got so much on our plate, we often procrastinate or hesitate having that otherwise difficult conversation. And there's good reason for that. They're called hard conversations because they're hard. <laughs> it's easy to just push that out a little bit and I'll get to that tomorrow. And then it gets to tomorrow and we're kind of thinking, Shit, what am I even telling this person? What was it? I think one of the worst things that we can do is clump two or three or seven scenarios together because then we have no choice but to judge the person's character because we're talking about them now as a person. So going back to your question, what could I do? is as soon as a staff member crosses a cultural values, how we roll around here line, it's kind of like, we don't want that to keep going. We want to have a conversation with them about that. And we want to let them know that when they did that particular thing, that it has this kind of impact. And that's an awareness conversation. Because if you go back to what we were talking about before, most people operate out of intent, good intent. And we just want to elevate their awareness up. And we want to do that as soon as possible. Uh, not obviously like if they've got a client, but ideally that day. And if we do that with regularity, it actually builds trust in that person because you start to show up as the owner, as someone that actually wants your people to grow and develop. Hey, Larissa, just wanted to let you know that when you did X, the impact of that was the da, da. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I don't know if you know that, but also I want you to grow and develop and become. You might not say it in those exact words, but that's the messaging that starts to happen when you nip things in the butt, like quickly, as people believe and trust that you have their growth and development in mind. When you hold out, hold out for long periods of time, downside, resentment in you. And number two, they think that what they've just done is absolutely fine. So time is something that we really want to look at. How quickly can I elevate the staff member's awareness around what they've just done? We're talking about behavior, not the person. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. 
Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, yeah, I love that. Separating the person from the behavior and just recognizing that the, the thing that you did, you're an awesome person, you're still with integrity, but the action that you did kind of is out of alignment. Let's talk about it. And yes. what I'm hearing from you is like, this is not a negatively geared or even positively geared conversation. It's just a behavioral conversation about an action that happened, a, an event that happened. Actually, potentially not even any emotion involved, negatively yes. or positive. A hundred percent. Discuss, just discuss the action. <laughs> discuss the action. And, and, and this is the thing is that often we're so out of practice or we've been avoiding hard conversations. Real good reason, right? Because, uh, if I can, can I just take us on a real quick tangent? Because it's important we understand why human beings avoid hard conversations. Yeah, let's do that. All of us experience rejection when we were young. At some point, it might have been 5, 12, 19. We might have experienced a lot or a little. And we've been living our lives for the last however many years trying to avoid the crap out of rejection because it doesn't feel good. The fastest way that you get to rejection is to have a hard conversation because here's the thing you pull out your four pages to see the staff member they've got rejection running through their system now Aww. there's no learning <laughs> going on for them whatsoever they're not taking on or they're in fight or flight their nervous system is jacked they feel how they felt that very first time that they were excluded from the group or told they're not good enough etc so we've got to be smarter than to go, I just need to tell this person what they did wrong. That's not going to work. We've got to actually get in the practice of showing up, having these, we call them uh, leadership walks or hard conversations, where after a while, like four or five or six of them, actually the nervous system calms down and your staff member starts to show up like, oh, what's the learning opportunity here? Or what's the blind spot that we're about to fill? Or, oh, yeah, tell me more. But it takes uh, commitment to reducing the time between action and course correction. And um, I think what I liked or was worth repeating is after so many of these conversations, it now gets easier, it gets calmer. They think they don't they won't be thinking she wants to tell me off. You know, you know, when someone says, can I talk to you? You're like, oh my God, yeah, what have yeah. I done wrong? Yeah. Damn it. Um, and so that starts to go away after having done this a couple of times. What, three, four, yeah, five yeah. times? hundred percent. Could I give you some feedback, Larissa? Oh, feedback. Oh, that's bad. Ah. That's, that's bad. <laughs> and again, like this goes back to like, you know, like how do you want your team to function? You know, do you want the them to operate at a really high trust level where everyone's got each other's back, where the salon or the spa um, without you runs just as good. Like the pathway into that has been very intentional about cultivating trust. And what we're talking about is making sure that when there's a hard conversation that needs to be had, instead of running away from it, we actually lean into it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's direct the conversation towards building trust. And uh, if I want to build an environment where people trust me as the leader, uh, I trust them as team members. The team members trust each other. What would be the key things to start the journey of building trust as my culture? Great. That's such a good question. So the first thing that I'd say is that it all starts with you. Like really important thing to understand. As the owner or the leader, um, everyone is looking at you in a very unique way. And monkey see, monkey do, right? Like if you don't keep your word, then that is permission to everyone else in your workplace environment to not keep their word. So it's really important that we understand that it starts with us. So if you want to build a culture slash team where trust is running through it at such a high level, first thing is, is that the first thing is that your people trust you. That's the first thing that we want to establish. Do your people trust you? The second thing is, and this is an interesting one, is do you trust your people? Do you trust them? Because when we don't trust our people, here's what starts to show up. We start to micromanage. I'm sure you've experienced this on your journey or you're still experiencing it. Um, we tell people what to do far more than asking them great questions, yeah? Um, or we get really nervous about going on a holiday, you know? And so a great question is, do I trust my team? And if you can get those two right, like I, like my, my team trusts me and I trust my team, now then you have a shot at the third piece of the puzzle which really is, can they trust each other? Yeah, and I think I indirect, in, indirectly, everyone's seeking that. I want to be able to step back at different times and they trust each other. They work together well. They problem solve well. They deal with stuff on their own without me. But that starts with us. So that's kind of like the high level process for us. But in terms of the specifics, would that be useful to go into? I think for the purpose of this episode, let's just start with uh, for the owner, for you as the owner, what would be the key things to consider in just starting the process? Because I love what you said, mm -hmm. the responsibility is for us to start. So if we can start to build trust uh, with our team, so our team trust us let's just nail that first like everything else comes after that so yes. what would be the three or four things that I could do and take away from this episode to go I need to build better trust with my team so they trust me so I can be seen as the leader what are those things great okay so the first thing is uh it's a kind of confusing word but it's called integrity um that would be the first thing and what I mean by that is that you keep your word. We have to be so intentional with our word. And when I say so intentional, it's like, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Now, in the context of a personal relationship or with your mates, like, 
you can get away with like falling short and you know saying this and then they give you a little bit of shit and it's all good right because that's different but in a professional context when you're trying to build trust and demonstrate that you can trust me you my team you can trust me it starts with keeping your word so if you say you're going to do it you do it if you say you're not going to do something you don't do it and if you can't do it don't say you're going to do it i think for me yeah. as a early 20 something i learned that lesson and i recognized that the only way that i could do that was be really careful about what i said that i would do mm. and to be really honest that if i can't do it or i don't have time to do it or i'm unlikely to follow through to say actually i might want to do it but i'm actually not going to do it yes. <laughs> or i can't do it or i don't have yes. the bandwidth for that i think that's the hard bit <laughs> of um over the years, Russ, um, working with salon owners, I've also worked a lot with their teams. So sometimes without the owners as well. And I think this is a mistake, a big mistake that a lot of owners make. Maybe it's through a lack of connection. Maybe it's because business is a lonely sport. But one of the biggest mistakes we can make around integrity is for us as owners to talk about another staff member to another staff member when they're not around, negatively. The rule here is the only time you talk to another staff member about someone else when they're not around is when you are edifying, encouraging, or holding them up. That's it. And don't ever find yourself in the back room talking about another staff member. You know, Brene Brown, she, you know, we want a hot wire connection. We want to get there real quick. We want to feel seen heard and understood so if we can agree about someone else in a negative way it kind of feels there's something about that that feels good but it is detrimental to your culture and your journey to building trust in your team yeah okay all right so if integrity is number one uh and that really consists of do what you say you will do um, and speak only positively in front of others what would be what's the next thing to do in terms of building trust the next thing in one word we would say is your intent. And so if we just go back to the conversation we were having a moment ago, is the reason you'd lean into hard conversations is not because they feel really nice. It's because your intent is to grow the individual. Yeah. And so having good intent will always shine through positively for you. I mean, we're all learning how to communicate well and we mess it up often maybe even on the daily but if the underlying intent is to grow people engage your staff retain them over long periods of time get them to 100k salaries you know that stuff if you're clear about the intent eventually your communication will line up with that intent and your people won't just hear it they'll sense it in you and they'll start to trust you so have good clear intent yeah i love that um and for it to shine through in your language um yeah okay amazing i love that i've got good, two good two good steps two is good should we go for three let's do it <laughs> i think at some point as leader owner uh person that people often look to um, you got to keep your word. 
people can trust you when you keep your word. You've got to have good intent. People can trust you when you have good intent. The other thing is that you actually need to demonstrate um, the, the most useful attitudes and skills and knowledge required to be able to do something. So you've got to be off the role model. You've got to be able to pick up the bat and show people how to hit a home run. You know, when the chips are down on a Friday afternoon, if you're in the salon and it's really stressful and um, all of a sudden you've had some walk-ins and normally most people would feel under pressure, you've got to be able to demonstrate the skill, the attitude of remaining calm. You've got to be able to do the things that you expect your people to do. It's about capability and showing your people that you're capable. There's something about that showing up and demonstrating certain actions, behaviors, mindsets, or attitudes that's really inspiring. It's like, wow, did you see that? Did you see how Larissa just handled that, did that, executed that? People pay attention to that. It's called excellence. And uh, the more that you do it, like if you are in your business a fair bit, or even if you're not, when you are in, make sure you get a bit of role modeling in there. A little bit of like, you'd never say this, like, did you see how I did it? But that's <laughs> kind of what your behavior is demonstrating in a really humble way, of course. Yeah, it comes back to action, speak louder than words, right? Yeah. So good. Yeah. 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 And, and okay. just, again, it's like, just reminding ourselves that even though it might not look like they're looking, people are, they're watching and uh, actions do speak louder than words. hundred percent. I know, I know you've got a fourth one hiding in there, Joel. Yeah. The fourth one would be, you know, at the end of the day, you as the leader need to be able to demonstrate results um you need to be able to show people your staff this is how you create or deliver the world-class client experience show me don't tell me because a lot of this conversation has been about tell or even demonstrate a little bit but you need to be able to produce the results like you can get the five-star google rating you can do the insert dollar amount day or week or month, right? You can settle into a calm mindset and have a hard conversation in a calm way, even though on the inside, it feels like you're really angry. You need to be able to produce results. Bottom line, that's the game of business, right? What are the results that we're after? And my question to you as the owner, as the leader of a team, is what are the results that you are producing that your team are like fully aware of? That'd be a good list to write down. Yeah, that's a really interesting one, Joel, actually, because um, you can only view and observe what has been put forth and I see this come up in conversation a lot um, because we work with owners trying to get them 
off the floor, off being in their business and work on their business and actually have space to lead the team. And then the problem is like um, this fear and feeling of when I go home to do work that they think I'm sitting on the couch watching, you know, days of our lives and there's no visibility over what I'm producing now that I'm not producing haircuts and facials. Um, And there's this lack of maybe this is the opportunity for trust to dissipate because mm. there's not visibility over what you're contributing to or how you're contributing or or being able to lead visibly lead mm. yeah this is true and so the question there for me is how will you lead if it's not so visible how will you lead and you know more now than ever before have we got means to do that whether that's via uh, online communication. Um, There's also the platform of one-on-ones, team meetings, huddles. So you might be in your business for pockets um, and maybe you can't role model anymore the great haircut or skin consultation, but most certainly there will be opportunities for you to demonstrate Um, the results that you're after, like I care, like just for a moment, if you want your people to feel like you care about them, write down 10 ways that you could demonstrate that you care and then do that. Because it's not about volume of engagement as, as you know, it's not about how many times you turn up in the salon. It's not about how many hours you put in and and be present. Um, It's not volume um, of leadership or presence. It's a little bit more discreet than that. Yeah. I mean, we both know loads of owners out there that are not really in their business at all. And their teams function at a really good level. They're super engaged. They don't want to go anywhere else. They love their team. There's high levels of trust. And when the owner does come in, they're really clear about their intent. They're able to, in those moments, if need be, demonstrate how capable they are. But most of all, they're in the business of producing results. And that could be a feeling, making people feel included, a part of something, like this work means something to the world. So yeah, it's definitely not about volume. No, it's not about volume. Uh, It's who you are being and uh, and back to that building trust. I feel like this is a really important integral piece to the working on your business, not in your business model. Like if I mm. want to actually get the growth in terms of sales um, team or whatever the growth is, uh, it's going to come from being able to work on your business, not in your business. And your your ability to be able to do that really sits on your ability to build trust with your team yes 100 percent um if we think about at times in your life when you've had loads of confidence in yourself that could be right now or it could be past like oh yeah i remember you know and i had loads of confidence what happens when you've got loads of confidence right two things happen one you make fast decisions and you take fast action when you have confidence in self you get shit done. You make stuff happen. 
Trust is really that same feeling of confidence, but instead of it being in self, it's in others. I have that feeling of confidence in others. And so what happens is we make decisions fast and we move fast. So absolutely, we produce the very things we want to produce, but in shorter type frames, shorter type time frames. And that's called efficiency. So if you want to move faster towards insert your goal, it requires trust. First of all, do your people trust you? Second of all, do you trust your people? And third of all, do they trust each other? I love that. Okay. So today we've talked about how do we build trust or how do we, where do we start to build trust uh, to help our team tr build trust in us as a leader. Just as a wrap-up, Joel, what would be the first thing that we should go away and do as leaders now to just check in on our, our sense of how people are trusting us as leaders um, or a first action to take to just start that journey of intentionally building trust with our team? Yeah, I think, you know, something as simple as like, on a scale of one to 10, if I was objectively guessing, like, do my team trust me? 10 being absolutely 100%, you know, they 100% implicitly trust me. You can't choose seven, choose any other number. Zero is they don't trust me at all. I think that'd be a really good thing to do. And then second extra added bonus. Can I can I add in second extra Please. added bonus? Because <laughs> we've just diagnosed probably a problem. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Then it's like just working through those four things that we talked about. Like, I won't go through all of them, but, you know, am I keeping my word? You know, when I say stuff, am I following through? Do I have good, clear intent with my team? If so, what is my intent? How am I communicating that? And so on and so forth. We talked about it. You can rewind and go back. Yeah. All right. Hey, really appreciated this conversation today. It's been uh needed to be on the podcast for a little while it's something that um you know comes a part of our conversation with owners on a regular basis so i'm really pleased that uh, you joined us on the podcast yet again joel and um super chuffed to have you in the salon mastery boardroom leading our million dollar plus businesses to help them lead better grow faster with more meaning and purpose so thanks again joel well I loved that episode. Every time Joel and I talk, I always feel like I learned something more about leadership, which we talk a lot these days. He had some really good, interesting points about intent and impact. Joel, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. And I would love to know, what do you think you took away from this episode with Joel? Should I have him back? <laughs> I think so. I have to. He's part of the team now. <laughs> also, I think it all ties into being what we would call a best boss, a good boss, like what Joel said about understanding your team's intent. I think a good boss recognizes this and knows that straight away you need to nip the problem in the butt and to say, hey, when you did this, it had an impact. So I would love to know your takeaways and your thoughts. Come and join me on the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group. Your key 
takeaways from this podcast. I would love to know. And don't forget, if you're a salon owner looking to become a salon CEO, click the apply now button in the show notes. We can jump on a call. I want you to tell me all about your salon, the challenges you have, the goals and aspirations that you're working towards. Let me see if I can find the right program for you and if we can level up and elevate your business this year. All right, looking forward to connecting with you. Same time, same place on the podcast. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.